Feeling the sense that, that winter might finally be coming to an end? Welcome to Hand of Pod. changing in Buenos Aires, it's getting even more bloody humid than it already was. We've all had thoroughly unpleasant taxi and bus and subte rides to get out here to English Dan's place. Uh, I'm Sam Kelly, and English Dan is the only one of us who's not sweating like a pedo in a playground. So yeah, I'm feeling so wonderful, you know. Lovely, lovely temperate conditions in this room yeah. for once. Not it is actually boiling hot. hot or freezing cold. It's actually having an effect for a change. But he does seem to have a cold, so it's kind of the opposite problem. Um, Australian Dan, as you've heard, is also here. Hello, good evening. And um, once again, on his fortnightly escape from his house, <laughs> welcome Joel Richards. Hello, yeah, I managed to make it out. I'm delighted to, to see the outside world once again. There you go. We're recording slightly later than normal this week, partly because it was pissing down with rain yesterday. Um, partly because Joel was locked in his house. Oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> this needs to stop. Nip this in the bud. Oh, yeah, we're going to nip this in the bud. First of all, let, let's recap. I didn't get locked in my house. I was locked in the building. It was nothing to do with me. Toilet. Yesterday, yesterday, it was, uh, it was waiting for the gas man. I mean, just because you all have your, you know, your maids and servants to, to wait and... and gas just, man. Yeah, uh, where were we? Uh, <laughs> but yes, part, partly for those reasons, and partly, of course, because uh, as we start recording, we're about what is it? Nearly two hours after, or just over two hours, in fact, after the end of uh, Argentina's world-beating, friendly win against Germany. Which makes, makes some favourites for the next World Cup, I would say. Right? Yeah, they were already, surely. <laughs> it makes some was. kind of rightful winners of the 2010 World Cup now. I think so, yeah. Just like when they beat Spain after yeah. that. Yeah. As I understand it, FIFA have decided this evening that the, the World Cup will be played and then the winners of the World Cup will gain the right to play Argentina for the trophy yes. at the end yeah. of it. Um, no, that was a... Well, we're, we're kidding, of course, and it was a, but it was, a, it was... Well, I was going to say good 3-1 win, but it was just a strange... Kind of strange as well. Like, uh, well, Mastriano had a really good quote after the game, which summed up exactly what, how I felt about it. He said, um, "It was a strange game. Uh, the, the goalkeeper sending off the, the uh, German goalkeeper was sent off after about how long was that? Thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, um, and a penalty was given. Messi missed it. Uh, but Mastriano said after that, that changed the whole game, obviously. And um, so let's not get too excited about this result, which was." Very sensible from him. Frighteningly down to earth for an Argentine footballer as well. Yes. So he, he's given a couple of really good interviews, hasn't he? Recently. Yeah. He, yesterday yeah. he uh, he was talking about you know how how the commitment for the to the national team and how you know it hurts them when they're you know because there's people say all kinds of things here about that Messi doesn't want to play for Argentina. Machadona's the same. I mean, they said that he's a bad luck uh, player. You know, he said you know, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a jinx. I'm not a mover, as they say here. That, that's the thing that pisses me off more than anything. He, he had that with Sanetti as well. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, there are rumours that that was the reason he didn't even go to the 2006 World Cup mm-hmm. because Beckerman thought he was a, a mover, uh, jinx. But yeah, that's that's kind of. I mean, at least you know, talking about somebody who's not trying for the national team, at least that can be based on some kind of conceptual. But just saying that somebody is a bad luck charm is just ridiculous. <laughs> and no. He's the only player to have won two gold Olympic medals, yes. so yeah. you know it's, it's difficult it to, to yeah, exactly. To and Mastrano was superb today. He was mm. really good in the field. Yeah. 
kind of playing a slightly more well him and Gaga were, were sort of interchanging but Mastriano was playing quite advanced at times and um, doing his defensive job as usual but playing a lot of nice balls through it was a fantastic moment on Twitter when about 30 seconds before Jose Sosa another player who never does anything for Argentina got brought down for the penalty um, Gago had, had I think put him straight through and uh, somebody put on Twitter the way Argentina are playing the midfield Gago's going to put somebody clean through any minute now and then it happened and got brought down the penalty got given. was that somebody you? No. no. <laughs> no Straight round about way of bragging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 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 I thought it had been uh, Mastriano who played that ball, but yeah, they, they were both playing that similar role, and I think even she might have been changing sides as well. But uh, yeah, so you had those two at the base, and then you had uh, Sosa and Di Maria wide. Mm. It's just kind of a shame because I don't think it gave us a really good indication of where they're at uh, because they didn't look that great um, before the, the goalkeeper was sent off. Well, it's, no, it started very poorly. Germany were all over them. Yeah, they? Messi wasn't yeah. touching the ball at all. Yeah. Uh, from what I saw, especially, I mean, I've already said for these guys, uh, I had kind of a second eye on the game because I had to cover a dour, dour nil-nil draw between France and Uruguay for work. But from what I saw, kind of the game changed once again. You know, allowed for the fact obviously they were down to uh, ten men, Germany. When you know Aguero came on and those three, you know Messi, Higuain, and yeah, up front. they did look a lot better then. Uh, at the same time, I think the Germans had sort of stopped. Well, you know, they, they had to chase the game a little bit. It really did change everything. Yeah, it's very hard to say. I mean, um, yeah. but you, like that's kind of Sabella's backup plan, isn't it? Like I think ideally he'd like to play those three up front all the time. But I think when he went facing teams like Germany, his kind of backup plan is to play one of the Higuain and or Aguero up front, Messi just behind, and then two kind of link men like Sosa and Di Maria yeah. and the fact that it didn't work that well is a bit worrying but. yeah it is it is but you're right and actually I'd, I'd say it's more than that it's the four that, that, that are basically guaranteed will have to start it's, you know, it's the front three as you said Iguain, um Aguero and Messi but also Di, Di Maria yeah. um, you know he's, he's really improved I think tactically since, he was since, since ball, he's been at Real Madrid and I think he's far more disciplined and, and he does a lot of the roles that, that Sabella asks of him so those four seem to be and apparently Sosa so as well like, well, Sosa's in everything yeah. Yeah, absolutely quite right too <laughs> we're also uh, on the, the, the regular that we have after every Argentina international particularly recently the Lionel Messi watch um, he's now got 27 goals for Argentina 7 behind Maradona He's the first Argentine since Batistuta in 98 to score five in a row, as long as you don't count Crespo, who scored six in a row in 2001. Seba uh, Garcia, Celeste and I had, had a discussion about this on Twitter because some idiot Argentine statistician, um, not Silvio Mavarino, um, tweeted precisely that, said, nobody has scored in five consecutive Argentina friendlies until now, since 98, when Batistuta did it. And then the following tweet went... Crespo did six in 2001, but that was six, not five, so it doesn't Exactly. He didn't score for five in a row, he scored in six in a row. He's also apparently now got 302 career goals, which is quite impressive at the age of 25. And he scored um, nine in the last five games, yeah. eight in the last four, so quite, mm. quite impressive. And ten in ten not in Sabella's reign in total, I believe, um, which is quite something. Um, I'm trying to think of a stat, I can't, I can't throw a messy stat out here. <laughs> he was Barcelona's top scorer in the preseason. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Excellent. And it was his highest scoring preseason since 2008 or something. I think I saw somebody tweet. Oh, one has to go for Messi's stats. Come on, come on, you've got to have it. 
don't know. <laughs> uh, We're all waiting for English Dan to come yeah. out with one now. Uh, no, I think they've all been taken. Yeah, our, our nerd off is now uh, done. Um, <laughs> we'll get back to the national team probably a little later because we've got a, obviously a few questions about them. Um, but we do have uh, some weekend domestic football also to look back on. It was the lowest scoring round of a Primera División uh, season since the opening weekend of the 2002 Torneo Apertura that's just over a decade ago obviously um, so quite impressively low scoring there were 11 goals uh, the only teams who managed to score more than one were Boca Juniors Racing and River Plate so where, where should we start gents I guess with one of those would make sense since I've just mentioned them but if you want, if anybody wants to jump in with a different one then well Dan and I were both at uh, Argentinos Racing so yeah. we could start with that perhaps I was sitting in the Argentinos side yeah that thing much all round wasn't it there was a hideous injury to Argentinos Zlatan Fernandez yes wonderfully named yeah yeah very unfortunate but, yeah I actually thought that was his real name because that's the way that all the Argentine press were reporting it but it's, it's a nickname <coughs> Yeah. But they I'll just, say Carlos yes, they just right. didn't mention I thought it was extremely unusual that there was an Argentine called Zlatan that's, that's a real Caribbean. <laughs> I'm almost devastated uh, that's how he's proven yeah, yeah of course um, but yeah no, it was, a, it was a tight first half yeah. um, Zlatan was playing really well actually and, and getting up in people's faces uh, well, getting up in defenders faces having little arguments kind yeah. of causing Racing a bit of trouble Argentina's looked a slightly more fluid side yeah, I think definitely in the first half you can say Argentina shaded it. It was a pretty, you know, pretty level, pretty boring nil-nil draw up to half time. Yep. And Racing managed to pull away in the second half. Uh, Fernando Ortiz, the ex Vélez defender, scored a cracking header from Vichan's corner to open the scoring. And then Ricardo Centurion scored his first ever goal in uh, in professional in the professional game with very nicely taken right footed shot from Nigeria, which wrapped up the two 0 And I think for Racing it was. An absolutely vital win because there were some idiots already who were talking. I don't think we would have, no, this would have come after we recorded last. We had uh, Racing, well, first obviously drawing with Rafaela in the first round and then going to San Juan and losing 2 1 to Boca in the Copa Argentina final, which, you know, a result that could actually have been, you know, 4 or 5 1, if not for Saka and a couple of, you know, last, last ditch stops. So I think, yeah, you already had some idiots saying that. So when Lia. Was out, you know, if he lost against Argentinos and didn't get a result in the Clásico against Independiente, that was it, he should go. And now, yeah, I think we got the first indications that Racing do have a base there now. You know, we've talked about people like Vichar, Camaronesi, and Ortiz, you know, seasoned professionals, consistent performers, and I think now, you know, you start to see yeah we should see them after four yeah, you can see a difference between the first and second half as, as Dan said exactly um, yeah I mean see them start to combine a bit better Bichar is playing out on the right Camoranes is playing as a deep line playmaker yeah and Centurion giving them some, some thrust on the left so yeah. and I think definitely uh, the difference at the weekend as well was um, the inclusion of Ivan Pichud as well because I think against Rafaela, the young kid Salvechic, had played as more of a central defender, and then the right back. Yeah, yeah. and then against Boca, it was Matias Martinez, who's definitely a centre back and had a shocker of a game. And it, yeah, you could see the difference. You know, having the natural right back in there gave you a little bit more pace down the wings and opened the game up a little bit more at times. You know, was it Matias Martinez who had to play a fair bit of the Clausura at left back after Lucas Leaf got 
in your loss of Spender or something. No, that's Cajais. That's Cajais. Okay. So he's played yeah. a lot of left back, but so Wendy doesn't want to see him there anymore. No, no I can't really blame him. <laughs> no, but I remember going to a few Racing games last year and thinking at the beginning of the season, especially, it was dreadful, and you could sort of see him growing to the role into yeah. the position as you went through. That uh, it's definitely better to have a, a proper fullback in that position. Yeah, no doubt. So yeah, it was a very good, very good result for Racing, especially you know. Just before the Classico coming up, they always say, you know, it's important to go in there in good shape and with good mentality, all that kind of thing, those cliches. And, yeah, I think a lot of people in Racing are excited about this kid, Centurion, who's 19, and, you know, he scored his goal and did a little Wachitura dance on the pitch, which everyone loved, obviously. And, yeah, he's... Explain- for the benefit of our, our listeners, no, who they are must know what not four Wachitoros in order to be familiar with the Wachitoros, what they are exactly. No? They're, they're the, the singing sensation in the. It's Russia, yeah, sort of. Well, they were Yeah, sort of a boy like a Colombia style boy band. In jail yet? No, no, no. It won't happen for a long time. No. <laughs> one of them, one of them, either on trial or has been convicted of, mm. of raping. No, no, uh, that was all thrown out. I think. Yeah, but um, so let's not make any false accusations. This group of teenagers with just insanely, annoyingly catchy tunes and that yeah, teenage girls love. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really didn't expect you to go to teenage say the catchy. I thought it was just insanely annoying. You no, you band. can't get that song out of your head, like. <laughs> Especially when you listen to it as much as I do. <laughs> so, yeah. So he's kind of like, Centurioni's kind of a kid from one of the poor uh, barrios in, in Avashaneda and. He didn't have the benefit of being educated to listen to proper music, and that's well, that's a bit hard. Right? No, he's but just like a normal kid, you know, from the, from the streets and stuff. He loves playing football, and he looks like he's got quite a quite a good future. Are like they responsible stuff, for so. the um, sorry, just for the haircuts though, for the uh, the crests? Is the yeah, no, I think the crest came before, like yeah. right, okay. So I think they kind of popularised yeah, it. Is that, sure. is that right? I saw a lot of crests before, I must oh, say. Right. Yeah, even before you know, while the Wachitoros were still. Spot, you know, a glint in a marketing man's eye. Speaking of, no, alright, I'll mention it. Uh, apparently, uh, Beatrice's brother was just a bit arrested for robbery. <laughs> Keeping it in the family, then, the yes. family business. Um, excellent. Speaking of Beatrice as well, um, one of the other teams, of course, who scored more than once, thank you very much, Australian Daniel, um, were Boca Juniors, who got a. Far be it from anybody on hand the pod to suggest that it might possibly not have been an entirely merited 2 0 <laughs> win against Tigre. Um, Tigre is somewhat unlucky so far. Really. They've played two, they've lost two, and they've looked much better than we were expecting them to look in both matches. Um, they, they were the better side probably for the first hour against Boca, and then Boca scored two in fairly quick succession mm-hmm. through the actually got the second with a finish that Riquelme would have been proud of if he'd been playing, and the first one was scored by. Chavez. By Christian Chavez, uh, who else caught the Bock again? Because if I say anything about well, it, it was, me of being biased. I think what we, it was the same as uh, very similar to the, the cup final actually, because uh, Sanchez Mino, this young, uh, multifunctional, talented young player, uh, started on the bench and then came on about two minutes before the goal, and he was involved in the, in the lead up mm-hmm. to the goal. Uh, he replaced Arviti. So Boca looked a bit uh, laboured until then, and then Sanchez Mino is just a lot more direct. He's you know like really fast dribbler, um, nice little passer as well, and he, he seems to give them that extra forward momentum. And so again, I think he sort of changed the, the momentum of the game. Uh, he helped set up that Chavez goal, and then well Viatri's goal. I wanted to talk about this because it was I think it's the best 
going to be in one of the best goals of the season. Um, if you think about Pirlo's goal in the semi-final of the 2006 World Cup with the, the no-look pass to Fabio Grosso, it was like that, but the opposite, where uh, Pirlo's kind of drifting along, looks like he's about to shoot. Instead, he slides the pass through to Grosso without looking at him, and then Grosso scores. This was Viatre, looked like he was about to pass to the right, he wasn't even looking, and he fired into the, the top left-hand corner from outside of the box. It was quite amazing, actually. I don't think I've ever seen that. Somebody not looking and then smashing into the corner. Wow. Uh, very impressive goal, yeah. And I, I guess, like, speaking about Biastri, I think the, the key to Boca this season is going to be him kind of dropping back from his forward role into, into the kind of... Re- which he was having to do a fair bit, especially with Zigar pushing them back. Yeah, there's been a bit of criticism of Pochicharis because he's, in theory, the man who's replacing Riquelme as the number 10. He's not really... But, yeah, it's very harsh to expect. Not quite well, the same level. Anyone yeah, will yeah, yeah. yeah, he's not the same, really the same kind of player, and he, he's not really good enough, or not as good as Riquelme at doing that. Um, so it's kind of going to be a combination of, I don't know, him and Viatri and, and some of the other midfielders kind of filling in for the, the huge gap that's left by Riquelme and I think the key to that is going to be Viatri dropping back because he's very skillful uh, he's a funny one isn't he because he's you're right he's so rounded I mean he's, he's, he's tall he's strong but I mean as you say he's got really fantastic technique and he's, he's he, he does very well as you said dropping off and, mm. and a little bit deeper and kind of you know finding those little passes but by the same token you know that he hasn't moved already to Europe uh, a couple of moves fell through Obviously, there were references there to a couple of problems he's had in the past, which did prevent um, moves. But, you know, it's strange that at such a big club, very talented guy, very round. Well, kind of if you look at forward. it, I mean, we, we always had uh, Palermo ahead of him, mm. and that was supposed yeah. to be the thing that was holding him back. Because, what, he's the 23, 24, he's not... He's 24, yeah. yeah he's not so Chavez as well, he's like 26. Yeah, I mean, Chavez... For me, Chavez <laughs> is slightly overrated, but that's just me. But the other uh, thing is that... No, no, it's just not just you. But, I mean, I was going to say, he actually came... Finally, Palermo retired. He actually came into the team. He looked to be playing well, and then he got that horrific injury, which, yeah. which ruled yeah. him out greatly. So we just probably came in like. But yeah. also, Sergio Araujo, of course, has just moved to Barcelona B. How does Araujo get that transfer when Beatri doesn't? Yeah. Well, it's a difference of generations, isn't it? I mean, of course, Araujo's yeah, nineteen, and yeah. it's a good bet. But I mean, he's team like you can take Beatri to Barcelona B. No, sure, but scouts in Europe are aware of Araujo and prepared to to take the risk, whereas with Beatri. I think I wouldn't be surprised like if Viatri plays all of this apertura and really really shines them like oh. Inicial mm. Inicial <laughs> uh, then you know, come Christmas there'll be a lot of lot of people after his signature but as you say yeah, he's suffered always been in the in the shadow of Palermo and mm. always been kind of a bit part player yeah. I was surprised at times like he never never took that move away from yeah. from Boca even you know online you know say he dropped down to a Lanús or something mm. like that to it but mm. no he always He's always kind of said he wanted to stay at Boca, fight his place, even if it was fighting against Palermo. And yeah, I mean, good on him. Mm. He has also improved a lot, I think, in the last year or yeah, two. Definitely, um, definitely. He's had a lot to his game, perhaps through having watching, you know, conversely, not playing so much, watching a bit more, mm. sort of thinking about mm. having to change because of his body's just not up to that sort of battering yeah. round that I think mm. he was expected to be when he first started. But um, and this leaves us then with the the other team to score more than. A goal this weekend, River Plate. And you have a great striking talent of Indeed, the Argentine yeah. League. And, and the, the one who certainly is continuing to bother transfer River websites for inexplicable reasons. Um, Rogelio. Well, it's very explicable, to be honest. This is, the, this is his uncle. 
His uncle says he's got offers from France yeah. and from <laughs> right. Italy. Yeah, true. So this is this is the thing. You know, it's not it's not. I don't think Florence Mordi is is kind of saying, oh, I want to go, or I'm brilliant, or yeah. his, his uncle saying, I've got I've got offers. River needs to sell, or else we're going to just see out the contract and we'll go for free. <laughs> mm, yeah. So they're kind of holding the club to ransom, to be honest. That's a very good point, actually. Yeah. Um, Rogelio, Gabriel, Gabriel, Rogelio whatever, uh, Funes Mori, <laughs> a young man who's very confused about what to call himself, um, <laughs> scored two goals in the second half of the River Plate against Estudiantes. Um, it was another match, yet another River match, marred by a horrendous penalty decision. Um, it, it's, it's getting to the point now where it's just clear official bias, right, guys? This is what's going to happen every single time River Plate. There's, there's always going to be a dodgy decision that goes in their favour. Um, obviously... <laughs> Myself and also Joel on, on last week's episode kind of railed against these these accusations, but it does get slightly difficult to do it whilst keeping a straight face. Um, there was a clear penalty not given against River during the first half um, of a match that they were otherwise just about, I would say, deserving victors of. Um, was it Maidana with the foul? No, it was Gonzalez Pires, and, it, because, and yeah. part of the problem was that it rained. It was torrential rain that yeah. morning, so it was really bad conditions, but. The rain meant that Gonzalez Pires slid in from about seven yards away, yeah. and so there was just a perfect line yeah, just yeah. traced on the, uh, on the yeah. for how he slid in. He was so late; it was so <laughs> clear he didn't get the ball. It was dreadful. This and you heard the, the commentator start making excuses, uh, saying, "No, wait, wait till we wait till we see if the referee had a clear line of sight." And the referee was about they showed the replay. The referee was about two meters away. Yeah, I, the I linesman the, had a perfect view. I love the phrase in, in Spanish when they say it's like a, it's a big penalty, like <laughs> tan grande, and then they were saying. It's as big as the stadium, <laughs> and it's, it's a big stadium. It's a great stadium, but um, but to be honest, everyone always goes on about the referee in this in this in these circumstances. And sure, it's there, they have to be in the right position to see and to award away. But it's the linesman who, who didn't give it. Yeah, the linesman yeah. had the perfect, clear view. Yeah, well, and, they uh, both did. Uh, yeah, 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 it was dreadful to see. Then again, like yeah, River were probably edging it, I think, and they went on to win two now. But yeah, it was, it was the kind of thing that happened at nil nil that could have changed the the, the game, but. Yeah, who knows? And Funes did play quite well, didn't he? he? Did. There was yeah. a, the, the second goal, especially, was a very nice finish. Yeah, and it was bizarre to. <coughs> the, the first goal was from a, a kind of ball over the top, and he put the first shot. The, the goalkeeper closed down very well, but couldn't sort of hold it, and it squirmed back to Funes Mori and put it in straight away. But the second goal, as soon as he broke through, it was an attempted pass out of Estudiantes' defence, which Leo Ponciol kind of blocked and at the same time as in, in the action of blocking it it just bounced through and turned into a superb through ball um, so we could well be seeing River's answer to Riquelme now um, and Funes Mori ran onto it and as soon as Funes Mori was running onto it it's the first time I've ever seen Funes Mori run onto one of these chances and I was just sat looking at the TV and thinking he's going to score yeah but and, it, and he did, but it was very bizarre to have that. Normal well, we've said it a lot. I missed this, you stupid bastard. Yeah, we've said it a lot of times. He's such a, a confidence player, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, now he seems. Yeah, and it could have just be something like that. That ball bouncing back to him from the, his first missed attempt, and then and then him finishing, it, and that just gave him that little extra bit of confidence. It'll be interesting to see whether Almeida goes with him again this weekend, because of course now uh, Carlos Luna, Chino uh, Luna yes. is, is going to be fit if 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 he wants to, to um, or if Almeida wants him to, to, to partner David Trezeguet up front. Also, I was going to say, it's going to be very interesting what happens between now and the end of August, talking mm-hmm. about Funes Mori's future, because uh, River just confirmed the signing today of uh, Rodrigo Mora, the yeah. uh, Uruguayan forward. He's, I think his contract belongs to Benfica, yeah, but he one played one last one season one in Peñarol, and he's like, a very useful kind of box attacker, what, what they call it here, and you know, Gets a few goals. He's quite mobile as well. Mm. And you got to think, yeah, with Teresa Luna and Mora, like 
is that kind of paving the way for for Funes Mori to be mm. to yeah. leave it? Yeah. Like they have got all these offers. Yeah. 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 Especially policy in a way, in, in a way if, if yeah. Funes Mori does go. Yeah. Yeah, especially I was going to say is they don't have the sort of many candidates. They don't, they don't have two competitions. No. So they, they don't have to rotate too much. Yeah. Um, most like the most likely thing is that they won't have Luis Suarez either because they'd have to win the league. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't understand why a few days ago it was supposed to be the end of the transfer window and there's still transfers happening. It's because uh, they had, they have like on the last day you can inscribe people or kind of register them, and then that gives you like a grace period to go and complete the transfer. Uh, but you can you can register anyone you want. The Piatti situation. Yeah, yeah I think about uh, five uh, different clubs. clubs. <laughs> I know Racing, Independiente, San Lorenzo and River. San Lorenzo and River of all, yeah, of all kind of registered. Ignacio right. Piatti, who's at Lecce, I think at the moment. Well, this is but part of the thing, isn't it? Because is River it. and San Lorenzo put, yeah. put down on the registration form that he was at Lecce. Yeah. And now the AFA having a look through, and it turns out that his transfer actually belongs to... Like, his registration is, it was with another club, Lecce. Right. He was on loan at Lecce. Uruguayan club. Um, yeah. Are this uh, Rentistas, would it be? I think so, yeah. The one that um, Hope belonged to and all these kind of players. Which is... Really which is he, was, uh, he went through uh, He went through Switzerland. Locarno. Yeah. <laughs> the concept is the same though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was one of those one of these yeah. big river transfers in recent years went through yeah. them as well. And, yeah, and yeah, so, yeah, they have done. And and, and so um, yeah, there's some doubt as to whether River or San Lorenzo would actually be allowed to sign him if they came up with an agreement with mm. the player. Although again, it was being reported yesterday that San Lorenzo bought 25 percent of his um, right. rights now. Because I was hearing today that Racing were now in the league. Like, this is a mess. Yeah. So we'll know who signs Ignacio Piatti when when he's actually pictured with. The shirt of the club who's maybe who's no. I'm I'm going to wait until he's actually on the field. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe not even then. Possibly. Yeah. Well, you're right. It happened with Formica, right? He was pictured with the uh, the Monaco shirt. Yeah. Uh, before and then he ended up playing in Blackburn. So yeah. you're right. The photo with the shirt isn't enough. Yeah, yeah. Quite right. Uh, speaking good. of Monaco, yeah, good leading there, Joel. Yeah, we've got. Um, I don't know how much this is going to affect River. Yeah, we had the confirmation of Lucas Acampos's transfer to Monaco for I believe 12 million euros. You think that's gonna yeah. that's gonna make a, a dent in Rivers' chances this year, I, or is it? I, I did attempt to to get the the real fee from our friend Tor Christian Carlson, who works at Monaco, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and he quite understandably refused to tell me. Uh, <laughs> most people seem to be paying fourteen, right? I thought there was no harm in sending an email, so yeah. But yeah, most of the offers seem to be fourteen, and that River got half of that, which would be seven million. Yeah, because euros, I think twenty five percent of his contract belongs to Kilmer's. Yes. From yeah, he did. Yeah. So Kim did development. About a year ago, yeah, River tried to buy out the rest of his yeah. contract, and they they basically wouldn't. So yeah. River had fifty. Kilmer said about twenty five. I, I think, think his, his dad or something yeah, exactly. has the other twenty five. Yeah. And so do you think he has a pho- phobia of first division football? You think he played one game in the yeah, first division? And there was a fantastic quote, <laughs> wasn't there, that he, that he he gave after before signing the contract, but when he was off on his way to sign it, where somebody uh, said, are you looking forward to your time in Monaco? And he kind of said, yeah, I haven't got a bloody clue where it is. But, <laughs> but David Trestigay told me it was a very nice place. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to coming. <laughs> yes. But on that theme, uh, Kevin Aggie went to Villarreal, uh, of course. So yeah. he's also uh, gone to a second division side. So yeah. the, 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 back page of, the back page of, uh, of Ole on Monday when they always do a bit of, a, you know, just uh, poking fun at whoever they can uh, was just saying yeah, River uh, <laughs> <laughs> perpetuating this River yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think for players like that it's always a pretty good move isn't it because you think Villarreal are going to start as pretty good favourites to go back yeah. up and then Monaco Monaco as well definitely so let's just get that's true both of them did it and then went to another second division yeah. club so if, if both do get 
do get promoted again and we're going to see them play for maybe they're just specialists in promotion yeah. Yeah. it's going to be our campus's future for the next 10 years yeah, Caruso Lombardi like, of, 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 of yeah. the playing stuff yeah. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it seems strange from, from Ocampos but it might be a good move in the end. He's, he's still only 19. Yeah, he's only 18. 18 yeah. Just 18, yeah. Right? And again, as we always say with these players, you know, it's no, it's not always good for him to go straight into a big yeah. European club or this pressure. So, you know, he's going to be away from the spotlights in uh, in the French Second League and have a bit of time to develop. Not, you know, massively brilliant opposition, you know. Yeah, although he, he was one of the he is one of the type of players you think he could go to a fairly big team. And, oh, yeah, definitely. Kind of like Lamella or somebody yeah. like that, where you think he probably can handle it. But yeah, wow. it's going to be very interesting. And obviously, he's got um, Ranieri as his coach, and Ranieri's obviously got a very varied reputation in terms of what he's achieved at various different clubs. You know, Atletico and Valencia in Spain. Obviously, at Chelsea, when and Bramwich uh, bought him. But I mean, at Chelsea, I mean, he brought through uh, John Terry, and and you know, he brought, really developed Frank Lampard into the player that he's. Obviously, gone on, gone on to be so. Yeah. We'll be interesting to see whether Ranieri can, uh, yeah, can can guide him for the next couple of years. Yeah. Also, yeah. to see, I guess, whether he uses him as a as a left winger, mm. as a striker, as a right winger. Yeah. The other um, former River player who's just signed for his new club is Chori Dominguez, who has not gone to a second division club. He's gone to Rayo Vallecano. That done? He finished fifteenth. He signed yesterday. Oh. Um, so yeah. Uh, so good luck to him. He loves the in La Liga. He does, yeah, he likes red, red stripes on white shirts, lovely shirt design. Um, the other um, big uh, one that we'll head off now, otherwise we'll start getting loads of questions about it, is uh, the Riquelme situation, a very quick update. Um, the latest that we've got is that yesterday Boca's president, Daniel, it is Daniel, isn't it? Okay, yeah. um, said that there's going to be some kind of solution to that this week, and the most likely is looking like it's going to be a rescission of the contract so he won't get paid anything but Boca will retain his registration because a player's registration can't be held by a person that has to be registered with a club um, which would mean that any other clubs who want to come in for Riquel may then have to go through Boca but that they wouldn't be wasting money on a player who's already said he doesn't want to, to play for the team anymore um, so yeah that's the, the best that we can give you for now dear listeners um, other matches this weekend ones with fewer than, than two goals ones with binary scores we had a pretty well, farcical draw uh, in Alexandria, with Independiente Belisario, that took was it nearly four days to complete? Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to fill us in on that one, Dan? Because the gloating in your voice, Independiente's facilities is. Well, I was going to say I didn't. To to. I didn't see much. Of it. I, as I understand, it was um, a waterlogged pitch that accounted for the first game on Friday. And yeah, was it not so much the fact it was waterlogged as that? the Independiente players just decided to complain because there was too much sand on the pitch on, on Saturday in fact but yeah we've, we've already mentioned Joel has already mentioned the, the rain before the River Estudiantes or the Estudiantes yeah. River again it was um, weekend, right? we had beautiful weather this weekend if you're ducks um, if you're humans it wasn't so much fun to be out to no. and yeah then as I can see I didn't see the match first hand because me and my fellow Daniel were uh, on the Ferro Terraces cheering on possibly the best game the National Beer has well, ever had. By the time the match got played, you were with me winning the Buenos Aires pub quiz. Oh, there we go. It was, it was next pretty successful weekend then, yeah. There are all kinds of um, conspiracy theories about this because what happened was that the. No, it was a, a perfectly clean uh, pub quiz when thank you, John. Very well. Yeah. Congratulations, but do continue. No, because the, the lights went out, didn't they? And, yeah. the, uh, and it's not for the first time in uh, in the Benyon. Well, it's not the first time, but it was uh, what was happening was that there was um, uh, the president 
Christina Fernandez the kitchen was speaking with the Nobel Prize winner uh, Joseph Stiglitz and it was on all the channels it wasn't the Cadena Nacional everyone was moaning about Cadena Nacional and that um, Christina's always but it, Cadena, it Cadena Nacional is, is a for non-Argentine listeners is a an arrangement slash law whereby when the president's speaking and it's of a certain importance all of the the kind of free to air mm. channels have to have to show it so the TV will just be switched over if you happen to be watching it. Yeah, yeah. So, so Stiglitz though were, were carried on a bit, and then obviously Christina Fernandez the Kitchen wanted to speak a little bit, and it ran over, and so there was a big theory that obviously uh, Christina Kitchen's speech ran over. <laughs> Never heard of such a thing. But as they're the rights holders, of course, in Football para todos, so they have to show the games. Yeah. But obviously the the public service channel was showing Christina, so there's a big thing going on here where the, the, the lights went out conveniently so that. They could wrap things up with Stiglitz. Because that was a 45 minute delay to the kickoff, the, the lights going out, which yeah. didn't take a lot of Christina's speech. Um, and yeah, then when it did get played, it was a fairly non eventful game. Francisco Serra got sent off for Bellas, I saw that, but apart from that. Some of the passing was just dreadful. Just. Uh, I, so I, I, I did, and after this weekend, I was just very unimpressed with just standards and life. And, uh, <laughs> and, and that game was after, you know, you sort of see, you know, couldn't play because the, you know, the pitch was waterlogged, then the lights don't work, and then players can't play a 10-yard pass, you know, it's like... You're very lucky you didn't come, come with on. Dad and I to oh. the Pharaoh then. You would have jumped off the stands into <laughs> yeah, the... Diabolical game. Behind the yeah, yeah. Tell, us, tell us now about Pharaoh. So, uh, listeners, this was the first weekend, of course. Yeah, we That's went to see Pharaoh Olimpo. We arrived 30 minutes late because Ole lied about the kick-off time. Because Dan got the <laughs> we stopped for a beer on the street corner who thought we had plenty of time and ended up getting half an hour late but in the end that probably wasn't a bad thing cause it was no I don't I think uh, really an hour of that was fine terrible quality I mean I've been to federal games before at the start of the season I mean like I think a year ago where we had Buffonini and Lertora and, and a, a good goalkeeper and you start to think oh yeah this, this could be a good season this was just diabolical yeah um, and Olimpo who you would think even though they were terrible in a few matter, you would, you would think they would have something to show, but no, they were quite bad as well. Yeah. And Not much to say. There well, was yeah. one fairly good passer from last year. Yeah. Martin Rolle has just signed for. I started that sentence and I realised I can't finish it. San Lorenzo? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes, then Perez Geddes, the, the young kid, moved to Racing. Yeah. There are quite a few players in effort. Yeah. Um, it was a pretty, pretty terrible match to watch. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for that. Um, it was a lovely day, though. Like, the sun was out until the sun went in and it just started freezing. <laughs> and then it was kind of like a pathetic fallacy <laughs> mark in the atmosphere in the ground mm-hmm. as the clouds just loomed over and we started shivering in the <laughs> silence. It was all quite poetic. Other results from the B Nacional weekend. Uh, the only one I can remember is Central lost, very surprisingly, 1 0 to Sarmiento de Junín. Uh, with a fairly early goal, yeah, as I remember. Yeah. Um, I didn't see any of the other scores. No, I mean, there's no, silence now think... on the studio. Yeah. We've not mentioned all the Primera games yet, though. Uh, Colón got a 1 0 win away on the very first uh, match of the weekend, too. I'm not going to go over to the computer and check, I'm going to remember this. Because Colón and Lanús both won away, didn't they? Or was it? No, Colón beat Lanús. No, 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 and then Newell's won away. Newell's beat Lanús. Somebody beat Oldworth? So we've now got the results in front of us after that rather embarrassing little mix up. Edit it out, you prick. Oh, I'll edit most of it out, don't worry. Right. Um, I won't edit that out, though. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> so Colón beat San Martín 1 0 away from home. Newells beat Lanús 1 0 away from home. Two thrilling matches, those, weren't they? Did anybody else see them? 
No, was that you lucky? Pick? It was a very good goal that Newell scored. Um, just mm-hmm. nice, yeah. nice Spare build up. Yeah, with Spurdutti finishing, but it was good play. Lovely um, step over by Maxi, who uh, picked up an injury in that game. Thank Maxi you. Rodriguez, of course. Luckily, it's not too serious. We'll keep him out for this weekend, but he'll probably be back. Exactly. Out. Well, this Monday, in fact, so he might even just about make the game. So he play well because he was quite absent in the first game that I saw. Yeah, so so. But um, but obviously they've just signed Heinz as well. So I mean, two yeah. brilliant signings mm-hmm. for for Newell's. Um, who were strong enough last season, yeah. haven't had to sell too many of their players, and bring in you know, that experience, mm. Haynes in uh, and Maxi Rodriguez, mm-hmm. they should do really well this year. Absolutely. Gigliotti was the guy who scored the goal for Colón, right? He was, uh, yeah, one of getting off to a good start, and his, his first goal since coming in as, um, as Esteban Fuertes replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, well, another one, I wanted to ask you, see what you guys thought about this, because see Lanús, they always bring in like, really young coaches, Obviously, yeah. and um, many of them debut, making their debut, and they've done the same with Guillermo. Well, the twins, right? The Barros Skelotto twins, Guillermo, the, the the main one, the number one here. Is um, he about five minutes older or something? Is that why he gets to be the boss? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that works. But anyway, but I mean, he's lost the first two games. And yeah. what, what do you think about Lanús's policy of bringing in always young debutant managers? I mean, well, is that yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. Zubalia well, had been... to a point with Shura, but, yeah, not so well. Mm. Um, in the case of Zubalia, he'd been... He'd yeah. already been assistant coach. He, he, um, the, who was the coach when they won the, the, the title? Uh, uh, Romero. Romero, Romero, yeah. Romero, he, he gives a lot of credit. He, he says Zubalia was doing a lot of that. Uh, yeah, I think it's one thing to promote a young assistant in from within the ranks because they know each player. They're on probably the same level as the players. They understand what they're thinking. It's a whole... whole Another matter to parachute in two guys who've never coached before, yeah. really been out of football for uh, for a couple of years and not really been doing much. And the other um, thing is that Sibaldia knew the club really well. Exactly, yeah. Because he was playing for them before having to retire yeah. very early. Um, and sure, as well, Schulte. I believe, was Sibaldia's assistant and he'd be yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, I think it's more to do with the, um, the the selection that they made this time rather than the policy itself. Yeah. For, for short-term listeners, Sibaldia had to retire at the age of 27 from playing because he'd broken... No, he retired at 23. Of course, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, and so I think, he, yeah, they... Yeah, it's inside out, really, isn't it? Yeah. Club. Um, exactly. But yeah, it's going to be tricky. I don't know if I consult Dan's list very quickly. They've got Vélez, right? Vélez away, which is one hell of a game, you know. Three defeats in three games. I don't think in the Nice, especially because they like to say, you know, we've got a bit more stability and continuity. It'll be the end, but it'll definitely, you know, you can't say much if your first three uh, coaching coaching games end in defeat. Then that's impressive. is going to be rock bottom. Now, Nuse don't have presidential elections coming up this year, do they? I'm looking at jail now for some reason. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I, I don't know. I've got mail. I don't know when the next elections are. But the president is is Nicolas Rousseau, and he's, he's very. He knows what he's doing. He's very firm in his ideas. I he's not the kind of president who will try to. He, he won't. I mean, if they do lose this weekend, I don't think he's going to... Yeah, it's a good point. Right, I mean, that's for sure. They do have a club with continuity. They keep yeah, coaches yeah. a bit longer than others. Plus, we've got to think that, you know, Lanús fans aren't, say, like, Racing fans or San Lorenzo fans. Right. Yeah, exactly. Fans. They're not yeah. Gonna, there might be a few, you know, there might be a few boos, but they're not going to be, you know, calling for calling for the Scalotto's heads and all this kind of thing mm. just yet. No, absolutely. But um, it's not going to be easy for him if... The other results, we had a nil-nil draw between Belgrano and San Lorenzo when... Again, there was a sending off, Augusto, Fernand, uh, Augusto Alvarez for, for San Lorenzo. Romagnoli also injured that one. Oh, really? Well, oh, of course. So he's yeah, out, yeah. He's out. Yeah, so out for six he months. He was missing this year. That's a shame because he had a brilliant 
uh, debut to this Iniciala 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 we've got to stop talking after the first three syllables yeah they played really well in, in their opener and then yeah if they lose them because I think a fit Romagnoli and uh, on form Romagnoli is a hell of a player but yeah. we've seen him far too much the last couple of years out of shape out of well like, as you said Rolle is coming in so yeah. that's pretty able mm. replacement there so. but I just wonder about Romagnoli how much he's going to play really because he's had a lot of injuries as you said in the last couple of years mm. he hasn't been in form and it's a long time to be out he's you know wrong side of 30 all the rest of it so Hopefully not because he's a brilliant player, yeah. but um, it's bad news for for Sander. Yeah, it's sure. a real shame. It always feels like such kind of unfulfilled potential with Romagnoli because mm. you see him at his best and he really is a, a joy to watch. Um, all boys in Kielnes drew one-one. All boys got a rather late but completely deserved equaliser. Um, Kielnes' goal was scored by Martin Calderucio, who we mentioned earlier is the top goal scorer in the division. That was a total matches. mud bath. Yeah, <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, I mean, do you remember the 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 Ronnie Radford goal the, in the FA Cup, the one that everyone's seen? You know, yeah. the, you know, it, it was yeah. it was like that. The pitch was just completely cut up. Uh, all the players, basically, uh, the all boys kit right. You couldn't really tell it was white. I mean, yeah. For Australian listeners, the, uh, if you remember the Gene Miles try in the State of Origin, <laughs> <laughs> eighty four, I think it was. How, how many do we know? How many um, Australian listeners there are? There's a few. Yeah, we have maybe somewhere between 10 and 20 on a yeah. regular <laughs> celebrate yeah. basis. So if anyone remembers that particular try, give a hand up or a shot. Yeah. I'll be interested to see whether the count goes up or down when we lose our Australian regular. <laughs> like, when, yeah, it's when true, it's down, true. It's the reason yeah, yeah. people are listening. Yeah. Um, then we have obviously Argentinos nil Racing 2, which we've spoken about. Um, Godoy Cruz got a good 1-0 winning away to Union. Um, which wasn't especially impressive performance-wise, but which at least gets the ball rolling after what was a fairly iffy first-round draw with yeah. boys. I don't know how much we can say about Unyan, though. So no, exactly. Pablo Miguez was sent off for a ridiculous uh, foul about ten minutes before half-time, um, and got like Chris after that, kind of huffed and puffed, and eventually managed to find the way through in the second half, um, playing against ten men, but they should probably have done better. Rafaela drew 0-0 with Arsenal on Monday night uh, Monday afternoon sorry because that was another one that Ole lied about the kick-off time for so I, I, I turned the TV on to watch it and, or to watch the first half of it before going to the pub quiz and found that it had already happened it um, so we can't tell you anything about that one because the two dams were you watching it John? Uh, I'd say exactly the same thing happened <laughs> so nobody knows anything about Rafaela nil Arsenal nil not even all the Arsenal fans like. but do you think Ole uh, the, the, new, the uh, reporter arrived late as well <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I hope it deserves to have done. Mm. Time. And then, of course, independent nil, Um As we're recording at the moment, uh, it's currently 17 minutes ish past eight. Um, at eight o'clock, Boca B kicked off a friendly against the Honduran national team in Miami, of course, because why would they not be playing that? It was quite a fuss because it's, it's yeah. not on TV. Yeah. Anyway, not it's, even uh, on internet streams, anything. Um, it's quite impressive. Yeah, nobody knows anything about this match or why it's being played, but it should be Guillermo Burdizo's debut for Boca. Mm. Debut in inverted commas, it's not an official game. Um, but it's and really he might then be playing this weekend, right after getting back off the plane. It's re- and it's really bizarre as well because we just just had this whole kind of odyssey of things like that from Venezuela for themselves to make it the most difficult possible yeah. beginning to a season <laughs> and you'll see if they lose at the weekend I mean they've got all boys at home not guaranteed three points by any means you know all boys mm. they come and they make life difficult, difficult for you if 
Boca don't get three points or if you know Shakara they lose you know the calls for Angelucci like the criticisms he's going to get the president for organising these yeah. you seem like money spending tours it's, it's going to be that. terrible in spite of the fact that as far as I'm aware Bordiso's the only player playing tonight who stands yeah. a chance of actually being in the squad for the weekend but you're quite right it's, it's going to be seen as yeah. a knock on effect anyway I, I mean I'm guessing Falcioni went and everything he's gone to um, he hasn't gone oh he didn't he didn't, he didn't go either it's very wow, strange it's look, because yeah. it's uh, yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> because he's um He's because uh, they, they've sent a reserve a reserve side, and, and you think, you know, who's who's winning here in terms yeah, of who wants yeah, to see yeah. the, the Boca reserves? Um, but the Bordisa thing's a real problem because uh, Caruso was injured in training this week, mm. and yeah, as you said, he's going to miss. And as you said, you know, it's just, it's a long trip up, and you know, to make his debut. No, enough pressure there as it is yeah. you know, to make your debut at the Bombonera in front of you know, Lodosa and everything and, uh, and you know, with a trip to Miami <laughs> midweek but we'll see he's a great centre back though, so I wonder where the Sorry? I wonder where the Schiavi's gone to try and rekindle his romance <laughs> Sandra Bullock um, <laughs> what a thought um, tomorrow evening on Thursday which probably by the time this is online of course will be this evening um, we've got it's uh, which way round is it? It's Argentinos versus Tigre, isn't it? Yeah, not Tigre versus Argentinos. Um, in a Copa Americana preliminary. Anything you want to say about that? Well, if Argentinos carry on playing as they have the first two games of the season, then it's only going to be I Tigre. I think it could be a good chance for Tigre to get a kind of morale boosting yeah. first win of the season after coming so close. It's not going to get any easier for Tigre. Mm. They've really they've got River. River at home, but they've got River this weekend. Um, and as I say, that means they're at least going to be denied a penalty. They should have at some point. <laughs> so you kind of kind of feeling sorry for Tigre. At least we know this season that they're not under any pressure for the moment in terms of the relegation table. They're, they're much more comfortable than they were all the way through last season. Um, other things to cover, gentlemen? Anything before we move on to questions? I think we can probably say a couple of words about the Clásico this Saturday. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. This is probably the least heralded of Echeneda Clásico. Yeah. That, uh, pod heralding at least um, that we've done because it's so early in the season that we have all forgotten about it apart from English done it's because now I'm uh, outnumbered you know I always had Seba at my side you know yeah. really pushing the racing agenda but now it's kind of three against one it's hard to get a word in edgeways really um, <laughs> are you happy with the, the kickoff time now this is the most incisive question I can think of I haven't seen the kickoff time actually. it's 2pm uh, on Saturday that's alright you know I have to get up a little bit early and it's not 11am like one of the ones a few years oh god I think last I think the last one away in Independiente Stadium was midday, and yeah, that wasn't particularly fun to get to. Pretty unusual list for the second time in, in three rounds. Boca playing on Saturday afternoon again rather than Sunday. Wow. Because uh, they're playing the, the match right after that. But so when, when a river? Pardon? When Sunday. a river? River hour Sunday. Right. Two, yeah. Sunday that's that's, but, that's the, the yeah. key in it. Yeah. No, I think it's going to be. Three matches yeah. on Monday. It's going to be an interesting game on Saturday. The Clásico. Sam's just going off on his. He was right. You were right. You can't get a word in it. No, I think. No, God, so. What are you thinking? <laughs> I think still like uh, Independiente are a bit of an unknown quantity because we haven't seen anything particularly good from them yeah. so far or particularly bad. You know, we we know that they've uh, reinforced well. They brought in kind of Vito Zapata from from Villas. They brought in Morel Rodriguez, a Paraguayan defender who, you know. Very tough tackler. I know he was yeah, absolute beast in the friendly we had against in the Benin Day for pre-season. And so yeah, there's definitely a bit of uh, unknown. We don't know exactly. I think Vargas is looking at maybe in the first team for Independiente as well. Fabian Vargas, oh, the yeah. Colombian who was 
at Boca, yeah. Yeah, not, not so long ago. Um, Jonathan Corpeta. No, he plays for Vegas as well, Mike. Like yeah. yeah. oh, sorry, you're right. Yeah, you're, you're thinking of Jonathan Santana, I believe, yeah, Argentine, yeah, yeah. who yeah. became Paraguayan. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I think... I can't really see past the draw, to be honest. I think the independent yeah. team that they've got are going to really shut up shop. This pre-season classic that you've mentioned was a nil-nil, wasn't it? It was a nil-nil, yeah. And a fairly dull one at that. And independent, they haven't yet scored this season. No. Um, or conceded. I was going to say that Russell should probably be the favourites on form, but as yeah. you say, independent have looked good in defence so yeah. far, at least. And the other thing is, Russell might be favourites on form, but they're still Russell. So this is very true. Somehow, they always find a way. Yeah. We'll see, you know, like, I've got a little bit more faith now after seeing some sort of performance against the Argentinos, and yeah, Racing have got the players to, uh, to make it a good game, so we'll just have to, have to wait and see. Mm. Therein concludes the uh, incisive hand of Pod, I should know the classic or preview. And it starts at not, two. Not quite on the same scale <laughs> as what we've done in the past, where we've yeah. invited fans in and everything. We'll hopefully get a couple of those in for, for classicals later in the season. Um, now, I am going to play some music, and we'll come back, dear listeners, and answer your questions, which were submitted yesterday, uh, mostly, via Twitter, so don't go away. Scott Monroe, who asks, is, Dave, is David, who's he? Diego Bichard, the best looking footballer in Argentina. The guy is Jesus. Um, oh, yeah, I think we all yeah, agree there's, on yes. There's no doubt I think now that Pablo Mucci has left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sarah says, uh, slightly cryptically phrased question, but I think, um, <laughs> sorry, Sarah, that she's asking whether. Uh, Sabella has, has effectively ruled Pastore out for the national team and what it's going to take for Pastore to get a call up we've, we've seen another Argentina squad without him um, I think we've sort of covered this before yeah. uh, I don't think he's ruled him out uh, I don't think he's been playing well enough consistently to get in ahead of the people that are there really. yeah and he's know, not necessarily the, the we talked about this before you know, Di Maria yeah. Aguero Messi and Iguain is he going to get in on form or over any of them he's, he's, he's an enormously unlucky player in a way to be playing well to the nationality that he has in terms yeah. of trying to get well and, and the fact it. that he's so young as well I mean think about it in you know, five years time he could be a regular in the team but easily um, mm. so it's not a huge I problem. would say here that Pastore has the same problem that Sabella had as a player which is that he's just got so many great players ahead yeah. of him Sabella had Beto Alonso ahead of him at River which is why he didn't play very much He, when he returned to Argentina from England he had Maradona ahead of him mm-hmm. um, I think Pastore's got the same he's a great player and he, he has been in the squad every now and then so I think he'll, he'll get chances but, um, but as I think you both just already said he's, he needs to step it up again yeah. Yeah. Um, Wes Thompson asks do Sam and English Dan and I'm going to since he's English as well I'll add Joel into this unilaterally hey. yeah. uh, jump when Argentine fans sing El que no salte su inglés which is whoever's not jumping is an Englishman uh, I Depends on my mood, actually. Sometimes I don't, sometimes I don't. I've definitely seen Sam doing it, yeah. Yeah, I'm a regular jumper when it comes to uh, being in racing, and I think it's it's sort of allowed to know that when I went to San Juan 
to watch uh, Racing against Boca. I was hanging out with a few of my friends, one of which we call um, El Paraguayo. He's like the Par- a Paraguayan kid. And he was jumping as well when we were singing uh, El Quinesalte de Bolivia, Paraguay. <laughs> so I think it works quite nicely. Nice little bit of xenophobia. Towards Boca's fellas. Also, it's all right when it's to English people, but we can't do the other way. Well, this is what I wanted to ask Joel about, because I know that I've heard Joel, you've kind of... I, I, I stand up. I don't jump, though. Because, mm. you know... It's a chum that I, I didn't jump either. I'm not English. Somebody, <laughs> some some Argentine once uh, told me, and I wouldn't go into any more detail on this. So I don't know how true it is or, or whatever that it, it originated with something to do with the Falklands War. Well, yeah, it must be. Yeah. Um, sure. But never bothered to actually expand on that. He just told me that, and I was like, okay. Well, it's just obviously to, to do with the rivalry. Oh no, yeah. he's had the English sentiment, but he, he seemed to think that it was actually a chant that came about then. Yeah, I'm sure it, it emerged on just... Yeah, it must have come in this yeah, rivalry that uh, sprung up and, well, yeah. maybe it didn't spring up, it existed before that, intensified, let's say, after yes. the, the Malvinas clashes, yeah. Uh, David Ellershaw has a couple of questions about Luis, uh, Luis Lucas Ocampos. Um, a, how do we think he'll get on in Monaco? And B, what impact will losing him have on Rivers' chances? We've actually covered the second already with suggested that that's why the River are going a bit over the top perhaps in the transfer market with regards to to attackers um, as well as just ensuring against a possible Sanida exit for Funes Mori um, but how's he going to get on in Monaco gents in the second division well I think no, we, he's good in the second division I think we said about that like, you know. well we sort of implied that he's yeah. probably a first division player he could even be playing for a, a quite a big club so he should do very well mm. he could really yeah if they play him as a striker, he could be scoring lots of goals, otherwise he could be setting up a lot of goals. Of course, as a big club in the second division, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Monaco straight away, so we'll have to see how we deal with that. But, of course, we know that from his time in River, it can't possibly be any more pressure than what he had last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be interesting to, to see Monaco if, if we have League 2 coverage in this country. <laughs> um, Do we even have League 1 coverage? Purely because of the amount of money that they've thrown at it as well for a second division club it's an enormous transfer. Yeah. I think. Well he's, he's uh, the yeah, money the, that Monaco have got because they're Monaco. But sure they've got like the, yeah, the Monaco Royal Family bank rubbing them. You know, well so no, it's a Russian or, or it's, it's a Russian owner and he, uh, he broke the record for buying the most expensive flat in Manhattan so he's got a fair bit of cash but um, uh, you know, we're talking about the pressure uh, yeah, he's, what he had at River Plate is yeah, Monaco, fans will not have, Monaco fans will not be painting on the side of their walls die no, and that's what happened with Funes Mori yeah. so you know, for Campos I think it'll be walking it's pretty chilled yeah it's one of these that always sort of makes you laugh when a player moves to a new club in relatively calm area of Europe and you get people going oh, I don't know whether he's going to be able to handle the intensity of these derbies mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay fine um, obviously it's going to be quite an eye opener for him to see Monaco if he's never even heard of it yeah. uh, Yes. 18 year old kid from from Kinmes Kinmes yeah. yeah yeah similar in many ways yeah I think there might nearby. be a casino down that way yeah Matthias Silverstein asks what are our Silverstein asks what are our pre-game rituals do we tailgate i.e. barbecue or asado before going to the stadium for a game um, occasionally yeah like I know if I go on a long distance trip with uh, Racing you tend to get there a few hours before kickoff and you know, the buses are usually arranged to all stop in the same camping site and you'll chuck a few hamburgers on, a few chorizos and uh, yeah. more wine and beer and finet and, you know, go to the game absolutely buzzing. The idea of doing something like that right outside the stadium would be out because uh, policing's a bit strict. Yeah, yeah, yeah we should find like a kiosk around this corner to drink. And yeah, we, we, it, I mean, we should mention that, yeah, you, know, you can't buy 
alcohol in in Argentinian stadiums and mm. nor I think I, I'm not sure what the is it two kilometers around them five no, kilometers uh, yes. a club like a lot of places you know. I'm sure there's a lot of yeah. yeah. no no exactly yeah. so it's two, 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 two kilometers yeah, I think you're yeah, not supposed yeah. to be able to practice that's bullshit yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. they, they semi uphold it yeah. um, well, it's uphold it enough for instance that if we go to Joel's who's within that distance of River mm. um, Joel doesn't let us drink it can be quite yeah well I don't know you in the flat yeah. <laughs> but having said that I mean my flat might actually be just over two kilometres away from that bomber there so you drink before a bucket game absolutely yeah <laughs> and during and, and after um, Tom Robinson what's more likely Independiente scoring or their stadium working um, if we're talking this season I'm going to go for scoring <laughs> they probably should score at some they are still building the stadium yeah. um, I think the stadium's oh. closer to collapsing them yeah no no it's, uh, if we, I think we could Open that up for the next couple of years. Yeah. To be honest, <laughs> same question before yeah. every yeah, time. Yeah, so. yeah, nice. Um, basically, every time they get a kickback for the Sergio Aguero transfer, yeah. they build a little bit yeah. more of it, but they're not going to be getting it. No, but it's a massive problem. And and while it's you know we can all sort of say what dreadful state it's in and it's poorly run. I mean, the current president and the, and the board of directors and everything are trying to sort out the enormous yeah. mess. And legal mess, which they've been left from the previous administration, yeah. mm-hmm. and you know this mustn't be forgotten that that it was opened for this reason about elections, um, and the and Julio Comparada, who was the previous president, you know basically had the the stadium opened before it's ready. Um, yeah, I believe it, it, it was open what in the first half of 2010 or the second half of 2010, and mm-hmm. I went to one of the earliest games, which was a, a derby of wrestling, and it was just in no way, shape, or form fit for habitation or for people to use it was just diabolical and it's got gradually better since then but you know the progress has been painfully slow yeah it's, it was it's actually one of good. the things that um, the Campero the current president was it was part of his election campaign I remember picking up a going to a game a couple of weeks before independent elections last December and, and picking up a bit of paper from people who were handing them out and one of his you know, very detailed prospectus and the whole thing was about trying to sort the stadium out and put in toilets that weren't just urinals up against a wall or whatever I always um, wonder how independent fans can live with themselves you know they're in their half finished stadium and they just take you know crane their necks probably about 45 gr- degrees to the left and they see this kind of monument museum cathedral football like in its, all its glory that it must just be a dreadful thing you have to look a bit further back yeah. than that yeah, yeah. Uh, we've just uh, I've just had to cut about 10 minutes of English Dan beating himself <laughs> in the froth um, but we'll now move on to the next oh what a beautiful <laughs> again oh, from again from Tom Robinson could Eduardo Tuzio um, Independiente defender become a worthy contender for Vichar's title of King of the Beards well I haven't seen his beard this year is he getting there it's um, much the same as it's always been it's, it, it would be impressive if yeah. it weren't for the fact that we see Diego Vichar on a weekly basis yeah um, so yeah, so that is also I, I no, think, no, no, maybe maybe Prince Regent, but uh, it's going to take Prince something Regent. special to knock knock Richard off. Uh, that then follows a very long conversation on the Twitter between <laughs> me, the Twitter between <laughs> <laughs> myself and Mariana and Tom about that yeah. question because uh, that was that was submitted last night. Um, Connor Jose Dolores says asks which is better. This is from tonight now. A ten man Germany or an eleven man Argentina with Jose Sosa. Joel, Joel, he's the one man Jose Sosa fan club. Well, in, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, just very briefly, um, the reason Germany were down to 10 men is because of Jose Sosa making a great run, 
beating the keeper to a little bit of skill to tap the ball past him. So, you know, no, no one's pretending that Jose Sosa should be winning the Ballon d'Or or that he should be, you know, the, 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 big, the big man at Manchester United or Real Madrid. But he's, you know, he does a job. and so you can hear that, so it sounds like Joel is saying that that Jose yeah. Sosa should, should <laughs> win the Ballon d'Or and should be the big man at Real Madrid. Should be at Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> I apologise, by the way, to the listeners. My mobile phone, you don't know whether you not could hear it, but it often gets picked up more on the microphone, and I've just received about three messages in two minutes. Stop saying how popular you are, Sam. <laughs> well, well, well there are the most from now on, I guess you'll be here in five minutes. Is that you just got there? Yeah. Matthias Silverstein has another. He asks, can Sabella find a way to always play with Di Maria, Aguero, Messi and Higuain up front? Is there a better foursome on any other team? I think we sort of covered this, and no, I don't think, in international football. Football, at least there's a forward foursome, if you like, that would would match them. And I think because no other international team can play Lionel Messi. That, that's the you know the tiebreaker. All other things being equal, you might find three others who are. I don't think there's anyone close. Parable quality, let's say, to Aguero. Um, no, I don't Aguero, think Aguero in that category yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for just poaching okay. and yeah. finishing. Like, uh, Iguain's right. You know, a real Madrid right, striker. Uh, I can't think of any other team that's even yeah. that close to that at the moment. Mm. I mean, uh, you think what other team wouldn't have Lavezzi, Tevez, Lisandro Lopez, all these kind of players, yeah. even like near the team? <laughs> Lisandro Lopez. How's he getting there? Yeah, exactly. No, I'm not, not. He's a good player and everything, yeah. but you and Seba just yeah. always. You know, when we reel off the great strikers, <laughs> you always put him in there, and it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes, but but no. <laughs> yeah, and personal opinion. So I mean, nah, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Part, part of that point is. If, if we were talking about another nation, yeah. he would, yeah, he would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and Milita with that. Yeah, Milita, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Um, Palermo. <laughs> Still, Mochi. <laughs> yeah, but I think like I'm a big believer in this. I would like to see Argentina turn out with those four at least every game. Yep, I've, I've always said it, and I'm going to stick to it. You need, you know, that's a system that works for Argentina. And you've what got about to get players to fit around it? I mean, this is it. You, know, you see teams like Spain, Germany. I know Germany were, you know, they lost a man. They weren't impressive today. But you see, they have a system. They know the system, and they find the players to fit into it. Argentina have to stop, you know, fiddling around with things just because such and such opposition are playing, or everyone got such and such a player, and just get you know an idea of play, like an identity. This yeah, is what I'm saying. I, I tend to disagree a little bit. I mean, so you would go against Germany with. With four attacking players like that, I mean they, they were overwhelmed in midfield already today. Uh, if you one less midfielder there, well, yeah, yeah, I would because I think with uh, three, if you have the three forwards on, then Germany can't put as many people into attack because they've always got to be wary of the counter. You know, those three can absolutely kill you if it goes into your other, into uh, their half. You know, I think it's not necessarily going to make you weaker if you've got the players behind and players who know each other and know the system. That can deal with it. I mean, with six defensive players, say with Gago Machirano and then four defenders, you shouldn't have a problem in defence. There's an extent, though, to which if you're going to play that, if you're going to try and play the ball that far up the pitch constantly, even against teams who are going to be comfortable, relatively comfortable in defence, like Germany or, yeah. or Spain, who play so much with the ball that it almost turns into um, a method of defending as well as of attacking, mm. where you're almost better off starting off a little bit deeper because after a while if Argentina are let's say and they, as Dan said they didn't today but if they are playing a side like Germany and dominating and pushing them back into their own box you end up with the point where you've got so many people between you and the goal in such a short space of 
space that it, it's going to take even you know something that even Messi would would not be able to pull off every match guaranteed to get through the defence. It's sometimes better to maybe just sit back and um, just take one of them out of the equation so that the balls. I think Sabella had a, out a little bit. Um, Sabella had a good quote a, a couple of weeks ago where he was saying, "Well, firstly, yeah, we first we need, we need <laughs> to all become familiar with the system, yeah. and from there we can make slight adjustments depending on the opposition. But yeah, firstly, we we need to be uh, for, the players need to be familiar with each other and the system, and then yeah, we. And I think that's that's absolutely key. Yeah, I mean. um, we've got two questions left. One of which is uh, serious, and one of which is slightly less serious. Um, Connor again, who's never anything less than rigidly serious asks who will be the breakout Argentine this year in Europe um, and gives some yeah. examples Lamela Pastore Alvarez Dybala Teresi Torbe Monson Campos, and so on gentlemen is Maro Formica going to get some playing time now that he's in the second division with Blackburn mm. rather than Premier League just coming up I forward? think this could be a year for Lamela I think yeah, I think Breakout Dybala has got to be the one. I mean, Ocampos in the second division is not going to happen. Mm. And as, as I agree completely, I think Lamela is already, everyone knows he's, you know, he sees these days, made it. Um, Dybala yeah. is a good call, yeah. yeah. Seeing how Torbe does now. Yeah, that's a good call as well, though. players up front. Formica's coming to River, isn't he? No. Well, really, they didn't, because they. One of the River Plate journalists uh, was saying they were in a meeting for like two or three hours this afternoon oh, in, in Blackburn. Yeah, so you know, but maybe Blackburn want to hold on to their, you know, their big strong number nine. Yeah, in the next Batistuta. Yeah, kind of, yeah, exactly, kind of Batistuta. Yeah. Yeah. Even aside from the joke, I, I don't think Fornica anyway is on the level of the other players we're talking no, about. No, he's quite he's good, good, but not really that kind of. Uh, and the final question from Tom Robinson. He says, seeing as the opening ceremony of the Copa Argentina, which we all saw on Wednesday night, <laughs> in English down especially, it was rivaled. I was loving it. Though. Seeing as that rivaled the opening ceremony in London, which Argentine players would you enter into Olympic events? <laughs> I, I presume he's talking about Argentine football as being entered as Argentine representatives into non-footballing disciplines at the Olympic Games. Wow. I'd like to see Bijar in synchronised swimming, actually. <laughs> I know he's not... He's not um, <laughs> Was it uh, technically Argentine, but Teo Gutierrez would have to be uh, shooting for the pistol shooting? Uh, <laughs> when you say he's not technically Argentine, I mean he's not. He's Argentine. not Argentine. <laughs> 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 I reckon Pichi Fuertes could have a decent go at the shot, but there's a lot of power there. Yeah, yeah. There's got to be for, for the benefit, particularly perhaps newer listeners who've got certain fixed ideas about Argentine football in their head. Still, there's got to be a joke we can make about somebody who likes diving, diving or. Yeah. Yeah. Or long jump. Yes. Yeah, those lines, but I can't really think about it. No, any notorious divers? Like, in the league at the moment? Yeah. Well, we've got guys like Di Maria yeah, internationally, but he seems to have even cleaned up his act a bit. Yeah. This is a fascinating discussion. <laughs> yeah. um, we, should, should we, we should describe the ceremony because it was quite, quite spectacular. I think I would rate that probably ahead of Beijing and London. Myself. Yes. Yeah, comfortably. Undoubtedly. Um, they, they played the uh, the national anthem and there were people dressed in kind of blue raincoats. Yeah. Yeah. It's so stirring <laughs> that English dance come back from the combat in the final with a lady's comb in the colour of the Argentine national flag. I think that's an Afro I'm pretty sure that's an Afro um, Yeah. No, it's, uh, I, didn't, I don't know why that's it. Uh, that's astonishing. Um, but yes, it, it was really... Uh, yeah, you had... Um, put Danny Boyle to shame. Yeah, you, <laughs> you had a different kid who was holding a sign for every single team that competed in... 
this year and last year, I guess, <laughs> Copa Argentina. Like, it was just, yeah, it was magical. And then, yeah, blasted out the national anthem. I, I like the idea of dancing to the national anthem. <laughs> yeah, we had a good dance, like, you know. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was good fun, like, uh, a good experience up until the game. Indeed. Um, on that note, we'll play Australian Mystic. Australian bands um, theme music and he'll come back and he'll tell you what to bet your mortgage on this coming weekend Dan take it away lots and lots of home wins I've got this week so we've got Colón to win at home against Belgrano, Racing to win the Clásico against Independiente, Boca to beat Old Boys at home, San Lorenzo to beat Estudiantes at home, Godoy Cruz and Rafaela to draw, Vélez to win at home to Lanús, the only away win I've got River beating Tigre, uh, Quilmes to win at home at Union, Arsenal to win at home to Argentinos, and Newells to win at home to San Martín de San Juan. Fascinating. Which would be the first time we've seen so many home wins for many a year. Yeah, that's, that's eight home wins of ten matches last time. But yep, knock it in, bet on it, if you can. Indeed. I think Colin Belgrano's a good shot, because Colin have been solid, really solid at home this year. Uh, and I think Bellis as well, I think Bellis are unbeaten at home in 2012. I think it's Bellis, somebody is. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Bellis, not Bellis, it's Argentinos. Argentinos beat them last season, didn't they? Yeah. Right near the end of the, of the season, so it could be new <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> sparkling stat work is always from the hand of the team. So, yeah. I'll be able to, to get more. Uh, I, would, I would guess the easiest way of replacing this section when Dan moves away is going to be for me to just read out my Hong Kong predictions, in which case I'll be able to actually tell you these stats properly. I'm not just real off the top of my head. Um, anyway, ladies and gents, we've. The effect that, that this has when we record without drinking anything um, <laughs> is astonishing. We've managed to keep this recording now to just over an hour, so hopefully this will be a sensibly lengthened, sensibly lengthed podcast for you this week. <laughs> yeah, that has to be a way of saying that. Was a You're bit, in your proportion. Surely all the listeners are you know, fluent in Spanglish, so that, you know, <laughs> word order, you know, the yeah. Spanish word throw in. Yeah. It doesn't really matter, you know. No, but for, for now, we'll say goodbye, and we'll be back next week to look back over the, the bones of Independiente's crushing 7-0 Classico win. Um, that was the one thing I was forgetting, actually. The last time out, they, they won 4-1, didn't they? And they did, yeah. Two goals in stoppage time. How can yeah. you forget that game, then? Mm. Yeah. That was uh, just the most memorable game, memorable game of the whole uh, championship, really. Indeed, yeah. Maybe even the whole history of football. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and hopefully next week you never know if we're really lucky we might even be able to get Mariano on again um, we say this every week and, and every week he ends up makes excuses again. makes up another excuse yeah. yeah he's even worse than Joel for that yeah. um, no he hasn't been locked into his house yet no that's, that's true it's, it's always work yeah work in inverted commas <laughs> um, we shall say goodbye now first of all from Australian now bye bye secondly from Mr Richards goodbye from English now goodbye and from me goodbye <laughs> <laughs>